Well, good morning. If you have been around for the last couple of weeks, you know we are in week four of our series called Happily Ever After, where we're talking about marriage. And if this is your first time in the room or online with us today, I have a special treat for you. You don't have to listen to me talk for the next 30 minutes. It'll be great. Uh, we're going to invite up three couples in just a minute who are going to share and we're going to ask some questions and talk about their marriages and what it looks like, how it's been to be married. And what I want you to understand in this, this is super important. I could give you Tons of reasons why we need to make other people's stories a regular part of our worship experience. But in order to keep it short, because I told you you don't have to listen to me talk for 30 minutes, so now I have to be honest to that, right? I'll give you two. The first is when we hear each other's stories, our faith actually becomes real. Martin Luther said, one becomes a theologian someone who understands or studies God, by living, by dying, and by being condemned, not by understanding, reading, and speculation. What he meant by that is we understand who God is as we live out faith, as we take the truth of the gospel and we view our story through the truth of the gospel. We put our story and we hear the stories of those who are just like us next to the gospel, and we understand how the gospel has brought life to their places of death. The second reason is you have something to teach each other. Believe it or not, everyone in this room could come up on this stage and have something to teach someone else. It's not just those of us who have the title pastor or who work in the church 40 hours a week who have truth to share. We all struggle in different ways. We struggle in the same ways, we have different journeys, and we have an opportunity to learn from each other. So with that, would you give a warm Great Oaks welcome to our three couples who are going to come up and share with us, because I know they're a little nervous this morning. So, Come on up. All right, so as you guys are getting in place, we'll start off just to make sure everyone knows who's on stage. Would you introduce yourself, tell us your name, number of kids you have, how long you've been married, and your favorite vacation and why. So, Beermans, we'll start with you guys down there on the end. Good morning. I'm Corey. And Rebecca. Beardman. <laughs> We've been married nine years. We have three children, Isaac, Gabriel, and Benjamin, six, five, and three. They are the uh, little turds that constantly are running around here, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, our favorite vacation, um, Punta Cana. We went there with a bunch of friends a few years ago. It was, we only had one child then, right? Two. Two. 1.75 children. 1.75. Um, <laughs> so we got a, a lot of alone time, time with friends, a lot of fun. And then also a shameless plug for our camp we go to every year, Sky Lodge up in Wisconsin. That's, also, that's a comparable favorite uh, family camp with our kids. Good, I guess. Hi, we're Todd and Lisa Garber. We've been married 35 years in about a week. So uh, bring it a little closer. We're yeah. the old people. Yeah. Um, we have three kids, Katie, Daniel, and Carolyn. All three are married. And... Uh, we have four grandkids and two on the way. 
So we're a little farther along. Favorite vacation. We went to Tennessee um, two years ago, and it was an enjoyable time because we got to rent a house and spend the time with the family and the extended family. We took our parents with us, so we had four generations there. And, and the really fun part was just watching different parts of the family interact, great-grandparents with sons-in-law and with our grandchildren, and each family took a night to make dinner, and Todd's dad even cooked, so it was very fun. We are Dan and Jenny Wallace. We've been married 21 years. We have Ben, who is a senior at the high school, and Rachel's a sophomore. Um, our favorite family vacation was just this past summer we went to Los Angeles. And it was just fun because the kids are old enough. They're not so whiny. Um, <laughs> but we got to do all the things that our family enjoys, TV, movies, football, the beach. So it was just a really um, great time. And we've also learned the value of vacation without kids, and that our favorite was Alaska. Wow, that's awesome. So, um, so we've walked through a lot, of, a lot of topics in this series. We've talked about communication. We've talked about what life was like as singles and why that's an important stage in our life. We've also talked about intimacy. So as you guys think back, prior to getting married... What was the most valuable thing you learned about yourself, maybe what you wanted in a spouse, or what you wish you'd known about yourself prior to getting married? So Wallace says, we'll let you kick us off this time. Okay. Uh, we met when we were in our mid-20s, mid um, and we had already been in our careers, done with college. We knew individually where we were headed, um, and we kind of had ideas of what the future should, we wanted it to look like, and ours matched. So that was helpful. Um, what I wish we had known was how difficult extended family could make marriage. Mm. Um, it's the holidays, everybody get wrist lit already. This is the gold nugget of the Sunday, I just want you to know. <laughs> um, my family has divorced, my parents are divorced, and so that has come up periodically, and then you can talk yeah, about your and, family. And I think, uh, you know, I, I had some issues with, with my mom and my family of origin and, you know, about who I was and how I reacted to things. And, and I don't know that I, I could have known that back then because some stuff came out after our marriage. Um, but it, it has been, it's been part of the struggle and uh, would have been nice to know beforehand. You know, I, I don't know what I would have done, but, you know. Yeah. Garbers, what have you guys learned about yourselves as you've gone through? Sure. Well, um, we actually met when I was in like eighth grade, and he was he's four years older, so we just didn't even really look at each other then. <laughs> but we got married when we were young, 21 and 25, so we both knew we wanted to follow Christ, but we kind of grew up together um, in that way. Um, we have a different experience. Our parents both really set a great example for us. And so they've both modeled unconditional love and a great sense of humor, um, which helps in life a lot. Um, what have we learned? And when we got married, we neither one of us thought we were stubborn, but we found out that we both are. 
And one example of that is when uh, we had a pedestal sink in our first bathroom, and we had a soap dish, and Todd thought it should balance on the back of it against the wall. And I kept setting it on the flat part, and that soap dish moved every day until it finally <laughs> broke. <laughs> and, and now we have two soap dishes. So. <laughs> so, you know, learning about ourselves prior and learning what we're looking for is important. But one of the struggles we get into is how we communicate in our marriages and how we dialogue back and forth. What lessons have you learned either the easy way or the hard way or what strategies have you put in place to help you communicate well with your spouse? Go ahead. You can start. Since it's communication, you should probably start. <laughs> so we realized um, we don't communicate. Uh, it was kind of three young kids. It was, we just didn't talk about things. So once we both realized that together, and this was eight years into our marriage, um, we decided that we needed to get some help with communication. So we reached out to Pastor Chase, who was amazing, um, did some one-on-one -on -one Christian counseling with him, and that, I think, really helped us grow and be able to communicate better. Um, we had to take a survey that was kind of questions that you had to answer by yourself. So then hearing the answers in front of each other was kind of eye-opening to what the other person was thinking or feeling, so that was something that really helped us. Right. Yeah, definitely, um, for me, interpreting communication was a struggle, um, as uh, it was you who talked about stonewalling yep. two weeks ago, yeah. two weeks ago, something like that. So I was a great example of that. That's uh, one of the first things I would do if um, I was not receiving communication or I was not interpreting the uh, communication appropriately. I would immediately just stonewall. And then it would take time to kind of figure out what the next steps were. And I think definitely by going and seeing Pastor Chase to help us establish kind of how to interpret each other in those situations definitely was beneficial. That's awesome. Awesome. Wallace's, what about you guys? I think one of the struggles in communication is that I, I process a lot in my head and I have like a board meeting in my head. <laughs> Analyze every possible outcome. And I'm not invited. <laughs> I give her the minutes and the results afterward. And that's not quite communication apparently. But, and, and you talk things out. And so, you know, you, you say something and I'm like, I don't have time to repaint the kitchen this weekend, or I, I think there's other stuff more important. And I just meant sometime in the next year, yeah. not today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so sometimes it's hard because when he speaks, that's his final answer. And when I speak, I'm just all over the place processing. and processing. So I get upset when he doesn't include me in the conversation, and he gets upset when he thinks I keep changing my mind but that wasn't my final answer. Yeah, I mean, Robert's Rules of Order do demand that there is a, a motion and then and a, a second, second, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's that, like, inside your head thing, right? So, um, so, often when we don't communicate, it leads to conflict, right? We end up in fights. We, learn, we end up arguing with each other. Um, and so, one of those topics that we talk, we fight often about is money. Um, so, what have you learned through the years being married about how to discuss money, set financial goals, live generously. You know, I think one of the uh, 
One of the struggles for Corey and I as we've walked through this, money was a huge struggle for us. We, we view it very differently. If you want to see me lose my mind, ask me to pay the bills. Like, uh, I mean, I can physically do it, but like just watching the checking account balance, I'm like, I am not an anxious person in any way, super anxious and nervous. Uh, and so I set the big picture and Corey handles the details. But how do you guys handle that uh, when it comes to talking about uh, money. So we'll start here with you again. It was a struggle early because I'm a saver and he's a giver. And we joke now in the first... Two or three times. It was more than two or three. (laughs) Um, In our early marriage, I would say, oh, I wish we had a bookshelf here or something like that. And he'd say, oh, I had one. I I used to have one of those and then I gave it away. (laughs) So... um, Yeah, so that caused some problems, but we learned our end goal with finances was the same, but I wanted to go this way and he wanted to go that way. And so I just learned that it wasn't worth the fight and I trust him, so I just let him deal with it. And I think like in that instance, it might be hard because, you know, giving might be something God wants you to do. But I think there's times in the Bible and even Jesus calls a guy that wants that he heals and wants to follow him to say, no, your your priority is your family. You know, and so I think there were times where I kind of pulled back and said, OK, I want to give this much. But what makes my wife and my family comfortable and my ministry to them is, is to hold back and we kind of have a middle ground. Yeah. Garbers, what about you guys? So um, we, early on, uh, when we first got married, we made just enough to get by. And so one of the priorities about year two for us was to uh, begin budgeting. We had some uh, friends who started us on budgeting, and I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. And so. it was on paper back then yeah. <laughs> to show so no how computers old we are. Back then. We were yeah. writing our spreadsheet out on paper. Yeah. So, Who's the spreadsheet person in your, in your marriage? So, all right, we've all got one, right? There's always a couple spreadsheet people out there. So um, that's always been one of the things that we have uh, worked through together, sat down and talked through. We, have a, we, we do it on a spreadsheet. And early on, uh, we started talking even about what we were going to spend the day-to-day money on. And we still do that today. We even talk about... Uh, when we go to purchase something that's $20 or more, it's still a holdover from uh, when we first started budgeting. So if either of us is out shopping, we don't buy something over $20 without checking with the other one. That might seem strange a little bit, but it works well for us. And we, Is that the total receipt can't be over $20 or no. the individual item can't be over $20? Well, um, it, it, it's usually a, a, I mean, a, this is an important a discretionary tip. I'm item, this. Okay. meaning if you go to the grocery store and you're buying goods and right, stuff, right. but That's then fine. suddenly there's this plant I have to buy. <laughs> Todd, do you buy a lot of plants? No, well, I, I live with them. <laughs> so those would be topics that we would talk over, things that were more discretionary, day-to-day items that we had already worked through that are in the budget, Go for it, man. We do that even for vacation, by the way, so. Okay. And one of the verses, we uh, studied Larry Burkett, who was the Dave Ramsey of our day, and one of the verses that he emphasized was Proverbs 38 and 9. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but only my daily bread. 
And um, it goes on to say, for if I am rich, then I will um, forget you and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm poor, I may steal and dishonor your name. And so being content with what you have is one of the big things, whether you have a little or a lot, being content. So as, you, as we go through communication and then into money, oftentimes that leads us right into conflict, right? If we're not handling those two things well, we begin to, to fight, to argue back and forth. Um, and so what are the skills that you have developed in your marriage that maybe you've figured out how to fight fair, how to fight in a healthy way, uh, and any tips you want to give uh, those who are listening this morning? So... Go ahead. Speaking of fighting, you want to tell them about your, your hobby, your favorite hobby? Oh, my favorite hobby is boxing. Yeah. I like to hit a boxing bag. Um, <laughs> not Corey, boxing bag at the gym. It's a class. So we have both realized that we like to do exercise to kind of get out some frustration sometimes, especially after he stonewalls. If he's gone somewhere, he probably just went out for a run. Um, that's just what he does. He said that ingrained in him for a while, and then I just recently found the love of Punching a punching bag, it feels really good. Three boys and Corey, four boys in the house. So um, that is our healthy way to let everything else and out and then obviously come back together, discuss nicely. We've learned better ways about that recently. So yes. Yeah, definitely, I uh, agree. I'm definitely going to the gym. Um, physically releasing some of those emotions definitely helps me. Um, come back and then have a more civil conversation um, once things have kind of been physically worked out. Yeah, I think that's all. <laughs> Wallace's? Uh, we've learned, number one, it's okay to fight. Um, it doesn't mean everything's over if you disagree about something, but we've learned to fight fair. Um, if I have told him I've forgiven him for something, I can't use it as a weapon later. And, and I can't go in with the goal of getting my way, you know, and that's hard, uh, you know, back to the board meetings in my head. And it's like, I've, I've already processed this. I know what the answer is. And, and part of communication, part of conflict is going in, not being selfish and, and realizing there's another point of view and, and being open to that. Has there been a time when you can think about that, like, you, you saw yourself start to fight for that point of view and then back off or that you... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is healthy marriage right here. Jenny knows. I'm doing the This was a time. This was my like. The kids were little. He's at work. I'm home all day. I remember a day for like three hours. I was building a fight in my head. Um, and I just couldn't wait till he got home and unleash. <laughs> and then it finally dawned on me. This is more about my day it had nothing to do with him so he got home and I said okay um figure out dinner on your own I'm leaving and he, he looked at me and he goes are you coming back <laughs> <laughs> and I said yes but I really want to pick a fight with you right now and I have to leave and get in a better place and so I went to a movie and I came back and I realized I was just being an idiot and selfish and had had a bad day, but it wasn't his fault. You know, that's great that you share that because I think one of the things that we learned early in our marriage is you can't institute punishments on children that affect the other person. 
right? So I would often say, or we would take away TV or any of like the, distra- the electronics from our kids, and then I'd have to go to a meeting that night, and Cord would be like, wait, you just took away all the electronics, and I'm left here with the kids to entertain them. Who did you punish, them or me? And so how you have those conflicts and figure out that stuff, I think, is really important. So Garbers, what about you? Um, so one of the things we did find out is we early on, and maybe still a little today, we uh, approach uh, the discussion a little bit differently. One of the things that uh, Lisa likes to do better than I do is she likes to uh, fully approach it and find a solution for whatever it is that we happen to be discussing. And I like to process a little bit more, so after it builds up a little bit, I like to go take a nap. That's not a good thing. He used to go take a nap right in the middle of it, not like, and, and he would snore, and that would just really make me mad that he could fall asleep and snore, and we're still not done fixing this, so, and I had to learn that I'm not always right. In fact, my tagline for myself is, always sure, but often wrong, because so many times I've thought I knew the right answer to something, and I was totally wrong, like, especially with directions. So, yeah. So, uh, Corey, you, you said this when we were talking about, but after we fight, it leads to the makeup, right? Right, right. Yeah, so usually after some conflict, you guys, you talk, you make it up, and then presents an, a great opportunity to physically, you know, redeem yourself with your spouse. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which leads us into one of the most difficult topics to maybe talk about. You're totally fine talking about it, and I appreciate that, uh, is intimacy in our marriage. And so often, I think, inside the church, we don't talk about these things. We don't talk about the fact that intimacy can be difficult, and it can cause a lot of struggles, a lot of conflict, a lot of stuff in our marriages that go on. So uh, how have you been able to process needs, desires, wants that you have maybe... Oh. <laughs> All right, we know he's going to start down there. Uh, how that kind of has worked itself out in your marriage. He doesn't get the mic for this one. Um, so only nine years married, you kind of think, okay, still in the newlywed phase, right? We were a little older when we got married. We knew we wanted kids, and so us, it was not a newlywed stage. It for sure was not. We fought fertility issues. So that took the whole fun of that away. Uh, so we had to come up with different things to try to make that fun. Um, we just would kind of be like, okay, we, you pull a card, I pull a card. It's a go time. Like, that was literally kind of how a, you had to... Pull a to, card? Yeah, like you had a card, and it was like, it was a free pass. Oh, know? okay. Like, All right. So you guys started to turn it into a game. Yes. Okay. I mean, when, when we were doing, we did like a whole year of fertility treatments, and that's Sanos. I had surgeries. We had injections. I had to take hormones. It was... Not exactly fun. I would not go back to that point in our marriage. It did give us kids eventually when we stopped our treatments. And um, God, all in his timing, provided us with three healthy kids with absolutely no treatment. So huge praise for that. But um, we definitely had to kind of think outside the box. And now we have three littles that don't always sleep through the night. So it's super fun. Um, And I'm kind of looking forward to the empty nest stage already. Yes, their kids are gone, grandkids. And theirs are even older, so they're in school full-time. Mine are not. Yeah, but 
now they know what might be <laughs> happening. And it's awkward for everyone if you think about it too much. <laughs> so other than like, just don't talk about why the door was shut in the middle of the afternoon, uh, what have you guys learned about, <laughs> learned about this? <laughs> it was easier with no crowd, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of this is, you know, this is, you know, just as we talked about communication, I mean, this is where in the fighting, you know, I have to check my selfishness. I have to, you know, I might have arguments in my head and, and I need to, you know, communication is, is really key in this space and, and being open to not getting my way and so yeah full disclosure they got all these questions ahead of time and they turned in their answers and the garbers were like we'll pass <laughs> we'll just let everybody else answer that question but as we walk through it you guys actually have some really good uh, oh things that you have worked on that you shared <laughs> so we are past the locked door stage so um, our kids are all gone um, one of the things that in our relationship as you notice, my leg's even touching hers on the side. We <clears throat> hold hands a lot. We take walks a lot together. We talk a lot. Even when the kids were home, we would kiss in front of them to make them embarrassed. And, uh, Isn't that the most fun? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and come home from work, and I'd get a hug, and the kids would hug me too. And so intimacy has been a part of our daily um, time. So um, for us, that transition, we're able to sit on the couch together, watch a movie together, and relax together. So intimacy for us has been a part of our daily walk, um, which has changed over time. So that's been part of it. So as we kind of wrap up this time, obviously we, uh, our marriages are not just between the two of us. God is an integral part of that faith plays a vital part of that. And as you have grown as a couple in your own individual lives, in your own couple, spiritual lives as a couple, how have you integrated faith into that? And what role has your relationship with Jesus played in your marriage, the struggles you've had, the way you fought for each other throughout the years? So, we can go first. I, th I think this is an area for us that we feel like we need to get better. We have... Um, a good spiritual life each on our own and we talk about it a lot with each other and about what God's doing and what he reveals to us but as far as some of the more is some of the spiritual disciplines of devotion and prayer we, we don't do as much together um, but really talk about it and do it individually and okay so this might sound like a weird question for the pastor to ask you why do you feel like you need to do it together because everybody tells us we should. Yeah. It, it, it was great when you kind of said, you know, why, when you asked that question, I'm like, all right, maybe this is a pass that we, that we don't need to necessarily do that together, you know, but um, at least not feel bad about it, about it you know, and as we, as we work towards our, our goal of, of uh, just being with Jesus and God in our daily life, that something not to be, one other thing not to beat myself up about. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, no, I, I'm no expert, but I know that Corey and I have a shelf on our bookshelf full of couples' devotionals, that the first three in every one of those devotionals is done. Beyond that, not much. 
I, I think we put a lot of strain on this idea that we should like carve out an hour or 20 minutes or to sit down and read the Bible together. Maybe. And we do it with parents too, right? We're like, we should read the Bible to our kids. Or maybe as we go about life, as we study the Bible individually, I actually love what you guys do. Like, hey, this is what I was reading in my devotions. This is how I'm growing. This is where God's pushing me. What's he doing in your life? And maybe that conversation is just as important as having that like, hey, let's sit down and read this devotional together or let's sit down and do this together. I I do think it is maybe more individual and a marriage of the two. Um, I, I know we've had great conversations with my kids, but my kids would tell you if the goal is dad reads devotions with us, I'm a failure. I just want you all to know that. Like, I have failed at that process. But my kids know how to read the Bible. They know how to understand it. They know when they have questions about how faith interacts with life to come and talk. And so I think it's about cultivating that place where you guys can talk. So I think that's fantastic. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Garbers, what, what have you guys done? How has it been important for you? So for, for us, um, we have... We started off, again, early on in our marriage in a, in a life group. Um, so we've always been apart um, for most of our relationships. It was, it was new to us. It was kind of scary to us. The very first time we got invited, we thought, really, we're going to do this once a week? And we're going to get together? And, um, but we dove in, and it was one of the best things we have done uh, in our relationship with helping us to build the relationship with Christ and fostering that day to day. We both uh, do lessons differently during the week. Um, We don't often spend um, day to day time together, uh, going through a lesson together, but we do end up, obviously, we we host a, a life group and so we do prepare for that ahead of time together. Mm-hmm. So we do mix part of our studies together and then part separately. And the one thing I would say is that I probably came into marriage thinking it was his job to make me happy. And that wasn't fair at all because our joy should come from God and God alone. And so I think it's important, however you recharge and however you get your joy, make sure that you are getting your joy from God and not expecting your spouse to make you happy. I have to agree with you guys on the life group. So um, you guys have been doing it for a lot longer than we have. Uh, Five years now, I think. Gabe just turned five. Um, So in January, it'll be five years that we've been involved in a life group, and it has been so life-changing for us and our kids. And now we host our own, and we have Sunday potlucks, so be jealous, everyone. Every Sunday, we are eating really good. Um, (laughs) So it's fun. Um, And the once a week, sometimes I'm like, okay, I kind of want this more than once a week. Like, they truly are the people we fall on for things, that we call for things. Um, It it is a whole other family for us, and that has been huge. And we probably spend more time, or myself, I should say, focus on our studies that we do in life group. I don't really do a lot of individual. I don't have time with the kids right now, and I work. So um, what we focus on in life group, I'm very much focused on, and then he kind of takes it a step farther, and he'll go deeper and send all these podcasts and this and that and everything out because he really enjoys that, and he does that 
in the car and everything like that too, but I think it's been truly uh, amazing for us to walk through some of these studies with other people, with their children, and our kids are seeing their kids who are growing and now working back there and literally discipling. I mean, one of our life group kiddos, she invited the family she stayed at overnight last week to church, and they all came. First week, that First was First week sermon. was last week, yeah, that great, was a good great, awesome, it's intimacy. always good. First week is on sex. Well, we talk about Lord, that every here week. we are. Great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree, and I think one of the biggest benefits that or outcomes I've seen from the life group we've been a part of is just seeing Rebecca grow in that. I mean, I, we have, I mean, I'd say we've always been fortunate to be Christians. I don't think we've really strayed much, but we've been stagnant. And um, I think since we joined a life group and now lead a life group, uh, co-lead, so it's just awesome for me to get the opportunity to see her grow actively and then become, uh, you know, praying was like a thing. I get nervous to pray and she's very strong in that now and it's getting more involved in the Bible and more books and then creating opportunities for us to grow together too. So That's awesome. Guys, I just want to thank you for being here. I know like, hey, would you come share your marriage struggles on stage in front of like 300 of your closest friends is uh, maybe not the easiest ask, but I really value your input, and thank you so much for being here. So if you guys want to take it, take off. Yeah, please, give them a round of applause. I just want to say one thing as I wrap up. If you are a couple that has devotions together, that's fantastic. I think if that works for you, my fear is when we take things and we go, well, this works for me, you have to do this, right? That's not, that's not necessarily how I think spiritual disciplines work. Like, I, would, I know for my wife, she's not up here. We debated, should she be up and in the panel? She would tell you that one of the most helpful things for her faith is worship. So it's not an on-stage thing. It's an in-the-car-as-she's-driving-to-work thing, as she's worshiping. And if I'm there, that is going to ruin that experience for her. Trust me, this is where I should be with a microphone, not there. So you need to do what works for you, was my, my statement in that. I just want to make sure that came across clear. I hope these last four weeks have been encouraging for you. I hope they've caused each of us to look inside of our marriages or the marriages that we want to have and begin to ask some questions and begin to wrestle through some things. So if you have more questions, if you want to talk to somebody, we would love to help you, to walk with you in this journey. (coughs) And so um, thank you. For, for engaging in these conversations and walking along with us. Would you join me now as we close in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for the spouses that you have provided for us. God, whether that is present and the marriages we're in now that we're working through, we're struggling through, or God, whether that is future that you're going to provide and we can't wait for that and are anxious for that. Or God, if we are celebrating and remembering through the pain, the great relationship we had at one time. God, I pray that you would make us a church where part of our discipleship is about walking alongside of each other. That as we follow you, we follow with one another. We follow to encourage to lift up. And God, that in one of those ways, that would be our marriage relationship, that we would have places where we can have honest conversations about the struggles we're having. 
God, put it in our hearts that from your word, the older are to disciple the younger. But God, keep us always teachable so that we understand that the younger can often teach the older. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of marriage. We pray all this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.